This podcast is brought to you by Reynolds & Reynolds, the industry leader in automotive technology. Learn how operating differently can help you overcome the pressures facing your dealership today at reyrey.com slash operate differently. That's R-E-Y-R-E-Y dot com slash operate dash differently. Welcome to Daily Drive for Thursday, June 8th, 2023. I'm Jake Neer, in for Jamie Butters. And I'm Callan Walker. Today on the show, wholesale used vehicle prices fall again in May. Auto lenders have no plans to loosen car loans this year. And Citizens Financial quits the auto loan business. Plus, we'll hear from General Motors Executive Vice President of Global Manufacturing and Sustainability, Gerald Johnson. He talks about GM's aim to build EVs within its existing factory footprint. We do know that it's more capital efficient for us to utilize facilities like Flint, the assembly that we already have, as we make this transformation and wherever possible, that's exactly what we're doing. Let's run through all the news you need to know to keep up in the auto industry. Wholesale used vehicle price erosion continued in May to an extent that's according to two major indicators. One of those, the Mannheim Used Vehicle Value Index, recorded a second straight month of decline. Cox Automotive says its Mannheim index fell 2.7% between April and May. Cox adjusts that figure for mix, mileage, and seasonality. BlackBook's Used Vehicle Retention Index fell slightly by 0.1% in the same period. The Mannheim Index was more than 7.5% lower last month compared with the same time last year. The company also reported non-adjusted figures for the Mannheim Index. They were down 1.7% between April and May and down 8.2% year over year. Citizens Financial Group will quit writing new indirect auto loans on July 1st. Citizens says it wants to, quote, optimize its balance sheet and, quote, emphasize relationship-based lending. A spokesperson says the company does not view the move as a temporary pause. The publicly traded bank does not write loans directly to customers. Citizens says it started to cut its dealership network and de-emphasize loan volume in the third quarter of 2022. According to Experian data, Citizens had been the 25th largest originator of new vehicle financing loans and leases and the 22nd largest used vehicle financier in 2021, but it had fallen out of the top 25 as of last year. Meanwhile, auto dealerships might have a harder time getting certain customers approved as the year progresses. That's according to the latest Federal Reserve quarterly survey of banks' senior loan officers. 39% of banks polled in April expected to toughen lending at some point between the survey date and the end of the year, and 29% of banks had tightened their auto loan standards in the three months before the April survey. Loan officers representing 17 of 46 large and other banks, those with less than $50 billion in assets, expected their institutions to tighten auto loans somewhat by the end of the year, One bank planned to be considerably stricter, no banks expected to ease their standards, and 28 planned no further change. And the world's biggest maker of airbags and seatbelts expects to cut 11% of its workforce globally. Most of Autolive's 6,000 direct job cuts will be in Europe. It also expects to eliminate another 2,000 indirect jobs, in other words, people not working directly on production lines. Autolive said today 
that the measures across its operations include closing several sites in Europe. It expects the new initiatives to be fully implemented by 2025. And those are today's headlines. Coming up, General Motors is pumping about a billion dollars into its existing manufacturing footprint in Flint, Michigan, as part of its plan to build EVs in existing plants. We'll hear from GM Executive Vice President of Global Manufacturing and Sustainability, Gerald Johnson, next on Daily Drive. Longtime listener of AM Radio, we at Automotive News want to hear from you. We're currently taking audio submissions for an upcoming LinkedIn Live, where you, the listener, can tell us why you love AM Radio in your car, how long you've been tuning in, and if you're for or against it being completely wiped out from new vehicles in the future. Legislators have recently introduced a bill that would require AM Radio to remain in vehicles to ensure access to emergency alerts. But automakers are dumping the radio as they face pressure to eliminate costs, reduce complexity, and increase EV efficiency. Please record a voice note and send all audio submissions to ansocial at crane.com. Please be sure to include your first and last name and what location you're calling from. Again, send those to ansocial at crane.com. Economic uncertainty, vehicle affordability, and ever-increasing customer expectations are threatening the profitability and efficiency gains you've made over the last couple of years. You may be finding the strategies you've used to improve performance in the past just aren't as effective as they once were. You offer online options so customers can begin the buying process remotely, but your salespeople have to rebuild the deal or correct it during the in-store appointment. You ask your advisors to be proactive about calling customers to get work approved, but still wind up with occupied bays and stalled jobs when the customer doesn't answer the phone. Your business office clerks are trying to process deal jackets faster, but funding still takes weeks. The strategies you've used to improve performance in the past just aren't as effective as they once were. Getting better at outdated and inefficient processes will only get you so far. Let's face it, Netflix isn't a household name because they got really good at mailing DVDs. And nearly half of Apple's revenue comes from the iPhone, not from the computers the company was founded on. These companies evolved as new challenges presented themselves instead of sticking with the status quo. It's time for a mindset shift. It's time to operate differently. Finding new and innovative ways to operate is essential to effectively managing the pressures facing your dealership. Visit reyrey.com slash operate differently to get started. That's reyrey.com slash operate dash differently. Welcome back to Daily Drive. I'm Jake Neer with Kellen Walker. As General Motors transitions its vehicle lineup away from internal combustion engines, it isn't planning to build or close any plants. Instead, GM plans to use its existing manufacturing footprint as it shifts to electric vehicles, converting some plants to build only EVs and others to build both electric and gasoline vehicles. That's according to Gerald Johnson, GM's Executive Vice President of Global Manufacturing and Sustainability. Our own Lindsey Van Hulley spoke with Johnson in Flint, Michigan, where GM announced this week it'll invest more than a billion dollars at two plants. Johnson tells Van Hulley the investment will be for the next generation of its gasoline-powered heavy-duty Chevrolet Silverado and GMC Sierra pickups. Great day here at Flint. Glad to be here this morning to share with the 5,000 or so employees here about their future and we're investing $788 million in this 
vehicle assembly plant, another $233 million in the stamping plant that supports them on the same complex for over a billion dollars here in Flint on this uh, particular investment cycle. And up to now $1.7 billion total just in 2023 with the engine announcement we made earlier this year. So really proud of the workforce here in Flint and what they've been able to accomplish every day. Um, the truck that we're talking about right now, our heavy duty truck, won the J.D. Powers 2023 dependability study as number one. And so it's evidence that the workforce here is not only capable of producing, but they're capable of producing high quality and reliability for our customers. That's really important. That's worth investing in. And you noted, you know, just the other between the, the, the metal center, between the engine operations, you know, even the Davidson Road facility, there's been a lot of investment here. I guess, you know, as far as Flint's importance to GM and, and as far as the manufacturing footprint and all of the ways that it kind of touches here in this location, what does that kind of, uh, I guess, just mean in, in significance for the company? Sure. Well, it's, it's evidence that the work that we do here in Flint matters to the company and is going to be a part of our future well into the next decade. And so we're proud to be able to invest in our CCA operation in Davidson Road, as you mentioned, of the engine plant, which is going to bring a new engine on board in support of the truck program. And quite frankly, our customers are still telling us that they are interested in our internal combustion engine products, and particularly our truck products, and we're interested in making sure they keep having, uh, that they're available to them. So Flint's an important piece of that. We're glad to keep investing here. You know, obviously the, this confirms, you know, today the, uh, the next generation of the heavy-duty full-size trucks. Obviously, Jim has talked about its full-size pickups and SUVs really helping to fund that transition to electric vehicles. How does GM, I guess, continue to see the importance of its ICE portfolio, you know, especially as it's making that transition to, to EVs sure. and how it, how it kind of navigates both? Yeah, well, no doubt. The EV transformation is upon us and we know and expect, and I don't care whose data you look at, everyone's predicting that the EV uh, interest in the market and need in the market is going to continue to grow. And we want to be a part of that. But don't be fooled. We could do more than one thing. We've produced multiple engines and transmissions for throughout our history. We can do a battery electrification vehicle and an internal combustion engine. Our engineering capacity is well able to do both, and we are doing both, and we plan to continue to do both throughout the balance of this decade. And so as we raise our uh, electrification this year, uh, in, the, in between now and 2025, where we're saying we're going to have over a million units produced in EV production, we can still produce millions of ICE trucks and particularly as we're in Flint, heavy-duty trucks, but also that affects what we do in Fort Wayne, Indiana, affects what we do in Arlington with our large SUVs. The customer in the market says that they still want both, even though EVs are growing, and we want to still deliver both, and we can and we will. It's hard to predict beyond 2030. We know that we're committed to an EV uh, future where our light-duty products are uh, all EV by 2035, and along with the support of uh, the government and the support of others investing in infrastructure. We see that future come in the past. Uh, but for something like a heavy duty truck right now, the right technology is internal combustion engine. And that's why we decided to make this investment and continue to make this investment. But we can do ICE and EV. It's not one or the other, it's both. How does that balance work? You know, obviously you have, you can do both, but how do you put a balance, you know, where the investments are going and kind of how to support there's two different branches in mm. It's very, you got to be very strategic. So I spent a lot of time with my team looking at the strategy of how we're going to transform the footprint. And sometimes you have a dual strategy like in Spring Hill. 
In Spring Hill, we produce the XT5 and the XT6, which are our internal combustion engines, and we produce the Lyric. And we do it all in the same complex. And we're already constructing our, uh, working with Ultium, and the Ultium team is constructing their battery center down there in Tennessee as well. That should start up by the end of this year. So we're able to do both on one complex, or we have Factory Zero, where we're doing all EVs, or an Orion, where we now start a new EV truck, uh, E-Silverado truck uh, there. That'll be all EVs. So it's an interplay, and we go program by program and figure out how we bring our footprint. We do know that it's more capital efficient for us to utilize facilities like Flint, the assembly that we already have, as we make this transformation. And wherever possible, that's exactly what we're doing. And that's kind of the approach then going forward, right? To be able to keep use the existing footprint, invert where you can or make updates where you can, as opposed to you know building an entirely new factory from the ground up. Absolutely. And so just a few months back, we were in Toledo. Toledo builds transmissions for us today. And we we're down there announcing that they would also be building EV drive units for us. And again, that facility will do both. And so again, sometimes we can integrate both into one. Sometimes we dedicate solely one or the other. But across our footprint, yes, it is our goal to utilize all of our current assets efficiently as we make the transformation. And then... Talk, I guess, about that consideration, you know, as you're talking about, you know, does a plant need to stay ice? Can it do both? Can it be all EV? You know, as far as the ones that you've already converted, a factory zero, for instance, or even for instance, you know, Spring Hill kind of doing both. How does GM kind of go about that transition within the plants and deciding where, where those plants make sense? And, you know, does it envision more, you know, all EV plants down the road? Is that, is that transition? I'm sure we will do more all EV plants. But we assess every plant based on its infrastructure and what it can handle and what we can convert, refurb, or maybe even just expand slightly so that we can accommodate uh, what we need for EV production and for ice production. And so every plant is uh, a specific engineering feat, if you will. And so our product engineers, in hand, working hand-in-hand -hand with our manufacturing engineering team, will assess what it takes to make a Spring Hill do both or an Orion do one only. And, of course, volumes come into play as well as we plan the future. Gerald Johnson is GM's Executive Vice President of Global Manufacturing and Sustainability. He spoke with our own Lindsey Van Hulley in Flint, Michigan. You can read more at autonews.com. That's Daily Drive for today. I'm Jake Neer, in for Jamie Butters. And I'm Kellen Walker. Thanks to Automotive News journalists C.J. Moore and John Hutter for their reporting on today's podcast. You can get the latest news on manufacturing, retail, and everything happening in the auto industry at autonews.com. Come back tomorrow for a conversation with author Max Zanin, whose latest dealership-related book is The Definitive Guide to F&I. If you enjoyed the podcast, remember to like, leave a review, and subscribe so you never miss an episode.